You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, episode 199, Overcoming Single Mom Guilt. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. To introduce the topic of today's episode, I want to read a direct message that I received from a mom in the 3 and 30 Instagram community over a year ago. It has stayed with me, and this message was actually the inspiration for me to seek out a guest who could talk to us about how to support yourself and your children when you are a single mother. This heartfelt Instagram message reads, I love to listen to your inspiring podcast. You help so many women, including myself. Thank you, Rachel. My struggle is that I hear great advice on your program and do my best to follow it, but being a single mom struggling to get by is so different from moms who have spousal support and financial stability. Often, I can't afford to do the things suggested, or I don't have the support of a spouse to enable me to do them. It can make me feel like an outsider peering into a motherhood world that I long to be a part of, but I'd like to hear an episode on what to do or how to deal with being a single mom. Sometimes it's completely heartbreaking. Thanks for listening. I want you to know that I am listening. I think about the individual members of this community all the time and think about the varying challenges that you face. I'm always open to ideas for episodes that might help you, so just shoot me an email or a message anytime, and I want you to know that whatever your motherhood looks like, you are not on the outside peering into this community of mothers. You belong right here with us, and I want to support you in any way that I can. We've done episodes in the past about healing after betrayal in your marriage, mothering through heartbreak or divorce, and I will link those in the show notes. And today we're going to focus in on overcoming single mom guilt. My guest today is Latasha Ferguson, and you'll hear more of her story within the interview. But she had two daughters in her teens and was a single mother for many years, and then later married a wonderful man and has had two more daughters. So she has four girls ranging in age from 22 to 7. Latasha is a passionate educator who has taught high school English, special education, and now works in administration as a director of instruction. In September of 2020, she launched a podcast, Overcome to Become, where she helps women do the hard work they need to do in order to overcome, own their story, and live authentically. I know you are going to love this inspiring woman, so let's jump right into the episode. Here we go. Latasha, welcome to 3 and 30. I am thrilled to get to talk to you today. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, it's my pleasure. This is a topic that has been requested from moms in our community who are single moms navigating that unique role. It is different than being a mom with a partner that's helping you manage it all. It is a lot. And I'm so grateful that we're going to have an episode that really speaks to those moms today and gives them hope and gives them tools. So thank you. And can you start off by telling us a little bit about your story and why you're passionate about this? Yeah. So my motherhood journey started pretty early. I had my oldest daughter, who's 22 now. I had her as a senior in high school, getting ready to graduate. And so that alone was really difficult. Mm -hmm. And then trying to finish up high school. And really that just shifted my life in a way that I had not imagined. 
being a single mom and then also having her so young. And so that began my journey of parenting her. And then I had my other daughter. And so this was with my high school boyfriend at the time. And, you know, it was kind of those things that my parents really didn't want us to be in a relationship together, but I was just so determined to be together with him and make things work. And things did not work out the way I wanted in our relationship. Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, I ended up raising them by myself for a while. And one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. And there was many times where I just went to bed crying, got up crying, just wondering to myself, am I the right person for these girls? Mm. Can I do this? Thinking about, you know, my decisions and really just walking day in and day out with guilt and shame and regret. And so simple things like going to the grocery store and little things that now that I'm married and I know having my husband there to help me with things, but things like that were monumental tasks. Oh, yeah. That made it so difficult for me doing it all alone. And so that's why I'm so passionate about talking with single moms, mm. with encouraging single moms, especially young single moms, and even divorcees who are parenting by themselves now, because it's challenges, unless you've walked in those shoes, you don't really know what those challenges are. And then my hope is to those who are helping single moms are standing in in the community to give them some tips or insight on what they can help with, because we're always going to say we're fine Mm. (laughs) and we've got it, but we need help. Yeah. And giving a little insight hopefully will help the community and then help the mom uh, that feels like she's doing it all on her own. Yeah. Well, I have gotten emails and messages sometimes from single moms who They listen to the podcast and they enjoy the tools, but in some ways I think they feel even more alone hearing some of these tools and takeaways of like, gosh, I can't, I'm trying to even manage the basics, let alone these extra things for the enrichment of my children. And, you know, Rachel is talking about her husband, Ryan, helping her with this or that. And they just maybe feel a little bit on the outside of what's happening for other moms in their circle, other moms on podcasts they're listening to. And it is so important to me that every mom feels a part of this community with three and 30 and feels seen and heard and feels that what she offers her children is enough. I believe that with my whole heart. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I really felt that when I read through your takeaways that you had for today, I thought, Yes, Latasha is somebody that can give these women hope and tools and also the message that they are enough for their children, you know, just as they are. So I would love to jump in and why don't you start us off with our first takeaway? Yeah, so first takeaway really is about you as the mom. And this is something that I had to learn. I call it the hard work of heart work, but really parenting from a place of love and not bitterness. And I know this because I went through it, you know, carrying that guilt and shame and regret. I saw how all those things that I felt on the inside, even though I tried to pretend that I didn't feel them, they came out in my parenting. All of those came out, you know, just feeling like it was, I had to change my dreams. My life had to shift in a different way. You know, their father had chosen not to be in their life. And so I'm literally doing this by myself. And so there was a lot of hurt and anger there. And that would come out 
through my parenting. My patience was short. It, it was hard for me to connect with my daughters. And I know for some people that might sound like, whoa, I loved my child since birth. You know, when they were in my womb, I just wanted them here. For me, it was kind of dealing with both. Of course, I loved my kids, but the timing of them being there and the things I had to shift and me doing it alone, I felt a lot of bitterness about that. Mm. And so when my family on the outside and friends started noticing that, hey, you're really short with your kids. You are kind of distant with them, right? You're not hugging them as much. And I remember having a real conversation with my mom and my dad and really just talking about, you know, your holiness, unforgiveness, and you're taking out how you feel about their father on them. Hmm. That was a hard pill to swallow, very humbling. And so I then had to start looking and it wasn't something where I just noticed it and it went away, but it was a process after that. And two things that really helped me through this process, part of that was, you know, being in that quiet time. I didn't have a lot of money. I was on welfare. I was on food stamp, you know, all those assistance. And so I didn't mm -hmm. have a lot of means to purchase a lot of things. But one of the things that I could do was try to carve out some time for myself. Mm. And even if it was 10, 15 minutes before the kids got up, before the day got crazy, you know, my girls were two years apart. And so to have two, you know, under the age of three at once uh, was a lot. Yeah. And so they get up really early, but taking that time to kind of focus and meditate and dig in and say, like you, you were saying earlier, I am enough. Mm. Whether someone's going to come along and I'm going to marry someone and, and he's going to help me out or whether this journey means that I'm going to be doing it by myself for a while, I'm enough. And they don't need a perfect mom. But they do need a mom who recognizes what's going on in the inside, and it's not their fault. It's not their fault. And so me reacting to them in this way is really a matter of my heart. And so really digging in, journaling, which there is just something fantastic that happens when you journal. I like to write anyways, and because I couldn't really express my feelings to other people for fear of judgment... You know, mm. telling someone that your kids, you know, you just can't hug them right now because you're so angry. You fear that people will judge you because of that. And but those are things I could write down, things that I could think through, some things I could share with friends, but really just process in that way. So having that quiet time and then therapy, I was blessed to be able to get some help from some free services at a church not far from where I lived, and they offered some free counseling. And that really changed my life. Mm -hmm. Culturally, where I'm from, my mother is Asian, my dad is Black. You don't go to therapy. You don't mm -hmm. seek out therapy. You take care of things on your own. And I just could not do that anymore. And busyness had covered up a lot of that. And so I was able to pretend that I had it all together, but I really didn't. And so therapy allowed me to look even deeper into myself and realize that I was not only holding unforgiveness towards others, but also my own self. Naturally, I was an overachiever, a high achiever in school, and I had these goals. And then it was like things came to a screeching halt when mm. I had kids and I never processed having to pivot and go in a different direction. Yeah. And so going through that therapy really helped me to unpack all of that stuff that I had been packing in my heart for years. Yeah. Well, anyone who's listened to this podcast for very long knows that I am kind of obsessed with therapy. Oh, <laughs> I yes. I talk about it all the time. <laughs> and I'm so glad that you are reiterating it yet again. Like yeah. 
to anyone who's listening, having a place, a, a scheduled place to process, because you just don't make time to do it in your regular yeah. life. Having little pockets, like maybe a daily 10 or 15 minutes is so important, but having that hour set aside once a week when you know you're going to be forced to do it and it's somebody that is removed from the situation that you can be yes. totally honest with that has been trained and has tools to help. I mean, it's absolutely life-changing. The sponsor for this month of episodes is BetterHelp, which is online oh, therapy, yes. which can be so perfect for a busy mom and a busy single mom that's like, I can't, who's going to watch my kids? Like, it's just one more thing to fit in. It this, is. This online therapy, I think, can be a really great solution because you just put your kids in front of a movie and then you go talk to your counselor on Zoom and and have that time. I'm so glad that you mentioned, Latasha, that you found free services for this because I do recognize that even the ability to go to therapy is a privilege. Like therapy is expensive. Absolutely. And and when you're a single mom, that may be something that you're just thinking, I can't, I can't fit that in the budget. Yeah. Do you have any further thoughts on that? Where can women find low cost or free resources for therapy if they're in that situation? So I love that you mentioned BetterHelp because they do have an option on there for you to get, I think they call it a scholarship or some type of supplement to cover the cost. Yes. Um, and possibly it could be free or at least a, you know, a fraction of what it normally costs for you to get therapy. And then a good place is you know your place of worship. For me, mm. looking at where I went, they had at the church a big counseling service and actually was a friend. A lot of churches, if you don't attend that particular church, sometimes they'll still offer, they have a counseling department. And this one where I went, they actually had licensed mental health counselors there mm. as well as pastoral counselors. So you could choose which one. And then if you let them know your situation, same thing, fill out an application, they will allow you like six to eight weeks of free counseling. And so those are some options, you know, as far as free and the direction that I went. But the online, I wish we had, I would have had online counseling when I was there because that when I was younger, that would have helped tremendously. So better help. If you wouldn't have said that, that would have been my recommendation as far yeah. as some yeah. counseling that supplement. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for mentioning some ideas there. I think you're so right that church communities often have connections, some way to help. Like if you can talk to your church leader or like you said, even if you don't attend, I'm sure that there is a church community that would welcome you and help you. Yes. And and also just start googling. I think sometimes there can be there can be grants in your area, there can be yes. different programs. When I was in college, I worked at a place called Family Support and Treatment Center that was right near my college. And it was all about like helping families in crisis. And we offered free childcare for families wow. that needed, like if the mom needed to get mental health support and didn't have someone to help with the children. And, you know, there was all sorts of access for families there that I think people wouldn't know if they didn't just start Googling and looking for support in their area and talking to people. Ask your family practice, your doctor. Yes. If they have any recommendations. Exactly. I was thinking too at, and it just came to me, the, the school that your child attends. Mm. If you go to the guidance counselor and explain that you need some additional help and then they can offer some family services or maybe just services for you and your child or your child only, because that's another you know, resource there as well. And they could certainly connect you, even if they don't offer it, they might know exactly. how to connect you with some services mm -hmm. because you are so right that so often the hard things that we are feeling within ourselves 
we take them out on the people we love the most. And we do. that is, I mean, I wish it weren't that way and it's not yeah. right, but mm-hmm. just having that awareness that, oh, I'm taking this out on the people I love the most and I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to damage these relationships. And so I need to do some work on myself yeah. so that it's not affecting those people in my life is really powerful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it takes a little bit of time to look at it. It's not easy to look at ourselves, right? It's easier to look at everybody else and in their window. But when we have to look at ourselves, it's difficult. And I think the other part too, going into the next takeaway that I realized was I didn't have any boundaries in place. I mean, I didn't even know what boundaries were, right? I mean, I was Mm -hmm. young. And so that was part of it that I realized was having the single mommy guilt you know, dealing with the heart issues and then having the layer of guilt and shame and all of that. I felt so, you know, terrible about my kids being parented only by me. And so I felt like they were missing something and I was trying to make up for what wasn't there. And so it was kind of a, not a total free for all, but kind of, Mm. (laughs) it was kind of a total free, you know, go to bed when you want to do this. I felt really guilty about putting in certain restrictions or boundaries. And plus I had a lot of things going on, Mm. going to school, working, just trying to figure out how am I going to pay, you know, bills, things of that nature and, and food on the table. And so the last thing on my mind was let me create a structured bedtime. Let me make sure they only have an hour of TV time. Let me make sure that they're not drinking juice, you know, right before they go to bed and not brushing their teeth, (laughs) you know, all those things like that, that you're just like, that's the last thing because I need to think of these things right first. Yes. And then when you don't put those boundaries in place, then trying to turn around and put them in place is even more difficult Mm -hmm. because they've gotten older now and they're thinking, okay, what happened to fun mommy? Now mean mommy is coming. And now with my husband, we can kind of play a little bit of good cop, bad cop. Then he, he will, you know, I'll say, oh no, it needs to be. And then he'll comfort or vice versa. But for me, when you're a single parent, you're doing both. Right. Mm. And so it's not like, oh, mommy's not being nice today, but I can run to daddy and he can have fun with me and take me outside. It's, it's you. Right. So if mommy's having a bad day, everybody's having a bad day in the whole house and everybody's impacted. And so I'd say if you're thinking about, well, what can I start with? Because if you don't have any boundaries in place, it's really difficult to think about putting in tons of boundaries. And so the first one you can start with is bedtime. Mm. Um, And I know someone out there saying, well, yeah, that's easier said than done, which I agree. (laughs) If you haven't done it, um, not doing it from when they're an infant and then trying to put it in place, it is difficult. However, for them, it's good. And for you, it's good. And so going back to that quiet time or time of reflection, if they're up when you're up and they're going to bed when you're going to bed and there's no time for you to process, even if you're not a single mom, you know, you still need that time to process and kind of reflect and really just get ready for bed instead of like what I was doing was just falling out with them. Someone would be on the floor, one would be across my lap and that's how we would fall asleep at night. Mm -hmm. And so putting that bedtime in place and then explaining to them and then preparing yourself that they're not going to like it at first, but they need it. Kids need boundaries. And I know you've talked about that on your podcast and other episodes, but they need those boundaries and you need them most Mm. of all. Yes. 
Absolutely. And I want to dig a little bit more into it makes total sense to me, but I want to hear you just kind of talk it out a little bit as like, what is it? Why does the guilt of being a single mom lead to lack of boundaries sometimes or, or guilt in general? Why does it lead to lack of boundaries with children? Oh, well, you feel like your kids are already at a disadvantage, right? Mm. You feel like they don't have what other kids have, right? In comes the comparison. My neighbors, they have mom and dad there with their kids. And so then you feel like those kids can do more, have more, Mm. go more places, more positive environment. You don't. And so then you're trying to make up for what is not there. Mm -hmm. And if you feel like you're putting boundaries in place, it's restricting them. You're being the mean mom. I already feel guilty about what the situation you feel that you've put them in. So what your mind does is it takes you to a place of then overdoing it. So it's overbuying the Christmas gifts or the holiday gifts or the birthday gifts and going overboard with things, even though you know you can't afford it, right? Mm. But that all goes back to you and your heart really struggling with that guilt and shame and regret and not feeling like you are enough. And I think sometimes when you have two people parenting, you can talk and bounce things off each other and reason Mm. with each other. When it's you by yourself, you're talking to you in your mind. (laughs) And we know how it is when we get into our thoughts in our mind, we're always right. And we don't have someone to say, hey, you're a little off there. So for me, that's how guilt leads into lack of boundaries because you think you're helping your kids that way, but really you're hurting them. Yeah, it makes total sense. I mean, you hear about this with parents who work a lot, who feel like they like want to make up for that they feel guilty yes. and so they give their kids the phones and the fun and the you know because they kind of trying to overcompensate like you said when really it creates a bigger problem because children actually do really thrive in a secure environment with boundaries and structure without being given everything their hearts desire mm-hmm. and so it's important for them And like you said, it's important for you to hold those boundaries. One of my favorite online educators is Dr. Becky on Instagram, and she has a podcast, and she talks about being sturdy as a parent. And I love that word. She says, like, you need to be sturdy. You need to hold your boundaries. They want you to be sturdy. They They will push against you, but they want you to be sturdy and to show them that you can hold firm and that you're something that they can be anchored to in this life when everything around them seems to be kind of flowing willy-nilly, like flexible, they need you to be sturdy. And sometimes I rely on that when they're pushing against my boundary and I just want to give in. I think, nope, they need me to be sturdy right now. Yeah, yeah, they do. And now a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors who make conversations like this one possible. First, I am thrilled to be continuing my partnership with Jane.com, a highly curated online boutique marketplace that features hundreds of new products every day, most of them from small shops and vendors around the country. These small businesses want to get the word out about their products, so they offer them at exclusive sale prices on Jane.com for a limited time. I recently ordered my daughter Sally an adorable romper for back to school that's comfy and stylish and perfect for this change in the season weather because it layers so well with a cardigan. And speaking of cardigans, Jane currently has a big inventory of all the newest styles for fall. So head to jane.com slash three and 30 if you and your kids are needing a new sweater, jeans, coat, boots, hats, and more. 
If you're interested in checking out what Jane.com has to offer, they actually helped me create a curated shop page, especially for 3 and 30 listeners, with some of my favorite current deals displayed. You can see those deals at Jane.com slash 3 and 30. That's Jane.com slash 3 and 30. This podcast is also sponsored by BetterHelp, the world's leading provider of online therapy. As you just heard me discuss with Latasha, I truly believe that therapy can be a life-changing tool for mothers who are carrying the stress of family life while also navigating their own griefs and heartaches. And I'm so honored that my podcast is supported by BetterHelp, a company that makes counseling more accessible, affordable, and convenient for busy moms. BetterHelp will assess your needs with a brief intake questionnaire and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. So if you've been feeling the pull to get some emotional support and tools within your motherhood, visit BetterHelp.com slash 3in30, that's BetterHelp, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. As a special offer for 3 and 30 listeners, get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash 3 and 30. Many, many thanks to these companies for supporting the show. And now let's get back to it. The third takeaway that came to me was village. And I know putting in boundaries, working on your heart, you can't do those things alone. Even though you may feel like you can do those things alone, you need to do them in community. And I know when we're hurt, when we have a lot going on, we may process our feelings and in a way where we feel like we need to just do them on our own, in our own island. For me, I used to think, well, I put myself in this situation. I got myself into this. It's not anybody else's problem to take on my problems, Mm. to mentor my kids, to help babysit to help me get services, or maybe I just need someone to run to the grocery store. It's not their problem. So again, that guilt of, it was one extreme or the other. Of course, I'd give my kids anything. I'd go above and beyond what I needed to. But then when it came to me receiving the help from somebody, I would clam up. And some of it was pride. I wanted to show, I think my my overachieving nature wanted to show that I could get through this, that I could do it. I could overcome And I was not what people said. I am a good mom. Again, what I was really trying to convince was myself Mm -hmm. of all these things. And then overcompensating by, again, lack of boundaries and then not wanting to receive the help. And so I would say to the mom out there, single moms and moms that are parenting with partners, is that we got to lay our pride down. Um, Whatever parenting season we're in, however we've gotten into that parenting season, We need to wave the white flag (laughs) Mm -hmm. and say, I need help, right? And I screwed up. I screamed at my kids. You need the the group of moms, people that you can be real with and say, I screamed my lungs out today at my kids and I feel horrible and I feel Mm. terrible, right? And they took me to a place that I just lost it. 
and they're going to embrace you and they're going to hug you and say, me too. Mm. And so let's walk through this together. And so I was blessed to have, you know, people that I worked with that came alongside me, my husband, we were friends first and, and such a blessing because as friends, he would come and say, Hey, you know, I'm going to take the kids to the playground. Um, my sister would come in my parents. And for those of you who are saying, well, you're not close to your family or something's happened. It might be your child's peewee football coach. Or, or his family. It might be receiving help from your child's teacher, your faith community, maybe just a neighbor. You know, we're not very neighborly nowadays. I know. <laughs> we're not, I'm guilty. We're all about like, put the blinders on, run into our house, run back out. Don't talk to me. And that person that you're near might just be the one to help you. And I think we're really guarded about, I don't want anybody in my business. Yeah. I don't want anybody to know what's going on. But I heard someone say this before, we need to be botherable. And so we need to allow people to bother us so that they can help us and not be closed off because when we're closed off like that, and we don't have community, our kids suffer right along with us. And so we need to be able to, you know, accept the help. Yeah. And something that struck me when you talked about how we're not very neighborly now, I think people are craving connection. Yes. Even though we say that we don't want anybody in our business, we're too busy, whatever, I think in general, human beings crave connection. They want to be needed and they want to belong mm -hmm. to a community and they want to be needed within that community. Mm -hmm. And they would actually love to be part of a network that was supporting each other. And so I think often what it takes to start building a village is opening your heart and yes. expressing that you are hurting. You know, if you're out at the mailbox and you run into a neighbor and they say, how are you? Instead of just saying, oh, all is well. If you said, I'm okay, but you know, this has been a hard time or, oh, it's been a busy season and this is what's going on with my kids or I'm really struggling. Then people might say, oh, well, how can I help? Because I do think people want to help. They just aren't given the doorway to even know that you need it or how to do it if you're not willing to admit that you're having a hard time. So Sometimes that first step might be just being honest with the people around you about your feelings, yes. even people you don't know that well, being honest yeah. with them about it. Yeah, absolutely. Because you'd be surprised how many people would either say, you know, when people look at my life now, they don't know the backstory and they think, oh, well, she's been married all this time. But I love telling my story because you just don't know how many people have been in the same situation you're in now. Um, or mm. in the same situation that you're in. I mean, Instagram can tell a story, but not all of it. Yeah. And so when we see that, sometimes we go, oh my gosh, well, my life is not like theirs. But when we're open, then we can start this dialogue and find out like, wow, okay, I, I'm not alone. There are other people who are struggling like I am. And there's other people who are trying to parent and do the best that they can, like I am. And so the community was huge in healing. I heard someone say before you, there's no possible way to heal alone. You have to heal in community. If you are isolated, then you're going to continue to struggle with what you're struggling with and it's not going to be healed. Yes. And one thing that you mentioned in the outline that you sent for your episode is that on your days off, you wanted mm. to be full of energy and zeal for your girls because you were always working or in school so much yeah. that you felt like you had to be on on those days off, but you had no energy to do that. And that's no. when you really allowed your village to support you and offer that fun and outings and things for your girls 
that you couldn't. That really struck me when I read that. That makes so much sense as a single parent that that would be your experience. It made me think as you were talking about different milestones that your kids go through. You know, I really grieved at one time thinking, wow, I don't even remember when they started walking. I I don't remember when they did little cute things that, you know, moms talk about together because I was working, because I was going Mm. to school. And so those who were helping me saw a lot of those milestones, did a lot of firsts with them, took them to a theme park for the first time. I wasn't there. And so I felt a lot of guilt about that. So we got to let that guilt go because again, our kids are having that experience. And even though we can't be there, we are making a better life for them, whether it is going to school or getting a certification or you're working or whatever. I talk to my older daughters now that are 22 and 20. And I remember asking them, do you remember when I was going to school and working at the same time and mommy couldn't take you to SeaWorld, but your aunt did, or mommy couldn't take you to da da da? And they remember SeaWorld. But they don't have any bad memories, according to them, about, well, mommy wasn't there Mm. and mommy was a terrible mommy and mommy was horrible. To them, they're like, wow, my childhood was great. We had everything we wanted, needed. We went here. We went there. To them, I don't want to say it didn't matter because that sounds kind of harsh, but to them, they loved the community that was Mm. around me. And whether I took them or my aunt took them, my parents took them, my sister or a coworker, they were happy about that. So we have to let that guilt go of, we have to be there with every little thing, game or practice, allow someone to step in and do that for you. Yeah, that's beautiful. I often think about how sometimes moms and women can think that it's their primary role to nurture their children and them alone. But you are often the facilitator of your children's nurturing. It doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be you. And yet it is still kind of you because you are the one that is helping them to build those relationships with other amazing adults in their life, or you are the one who gets them signed up for that camp that they end up loving. So you are inadvertently doing the nurturing, even when you are not there to do it because you're facilitating and building a life for them that is nurturing them, if that makes sense. Oh, it does. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been so insightful and uplifting, Latasha. I know women are going to want to hear more from you. So tell us about your work and how you support women. Yeah. So I currently have a podcast. This September will be a year. And uh, thank you. That's a big milestone. That's a big accomplishment. Yeah, it's a big milestone. So I wanted a space where people could tell their stories and women could come. Moms that have, you know, the messiness of life. And when life doesn't go the way you think it should, that life can still be good and that you're enough. And so it's called Overcome to Become. And I help women to overcome, own their story, and live authentically through guest interviews that share their story, as well as some solo episodes where I share some things about my life and what I've learned. So that's available anywhere podcasts are available. And my website is latashaferguson.com. And I love to hang out on Instagram. And I'm there at Latasha M. Ferguson. Perfect. And we will link all of that in the show notes. This has been such a wonderful conversation. And thank you so much for coming on 3 and 30. Ah, thank you, Rachel. And thank you for the work that you're doing because it matters so much. What an uplifting conversation with Latasha with such beautiful takeaways for any mother, but especially for mothers who are parenting on their own. Can I ask a favor? If you know a mother who's parenting alone, can you please pass this episode on to her? And if you are a mother who is parenting alone, I hope you can feel our love and support. And I hope that you know you have a village right here in the 3 and 30 community and we are rooting for you. 
Here's a quick recap of Latasha's three takeaways for overcoming single mom guilt. First, take time to work on yourself so you are parenting from a place of love and wholeness and not bitterness. Remember, negative feelings that you have about yourself or your situation will bleed out and impact your most important relationships, so it's worth it to do the work to heal these parts of yourself. For Natasha, this looked like blocking out daily time for reflection and journaling, even just 10 to 15 minutes, and going to therapy, which she told me later changed her life so much that her kids could even see a difference and asked if they could go to therapy too. Second, don't allow guilt to keep you from implementing healthy boundaries for your children. It can be easy to spoil your kids or become too permissive if you feel badly about the situation your family is in, or if you just don't have a lot of mental bandwidth to be consistent. But our children need us to be sturdy. They need us to hold boundaries with them that are in their best interest, even if they protest against it. A consistent and firm bedtime can be a great place to start, even for teenagers. Children of all ages need sleep, and moms of all phases of life need a bit of alone time at the end of the day. Third and finally... Allow others to help you and remember that it truly takes a village. As a single mom, it might be easy to feel shame or guilt around your circumstances, which might lead you to thinking that it's unfair to ask for anyone's help managing them. Set that pride aside and be honest with the people around you about how you are struggling and accept their offers of help. Remember, you are nurturing your children through the people that you bring into their life, even if you can't be there with them all the time. I'm sending all my love to all of you mothers out there. I also wanted to let you know that I will be a guest on Latasha's podcast in the coming week or two, talking about my experience going through an eating disorder. We already recorded that episode. It was so meaningful for me, and I hope that it will bless many of your lives. So be sure that you are subscribed to her show, which is called Overcome to Become, and I will link that in the show notes. My friends, I'm thinking of you. I am rooting for you, and I hope that you have a beautiful week with your family. Hey, I'm Lizzie Mathis, the host of the Cool Mom Code podcast, where motherhood is your key card to the coolest spot in town. I'm excited to give you a behind the scenes, real talk combo between some of the most influential and tastemaker mamas I know. Subscribe and stay tuned for new episodes weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you don't ever miss a beat. See you there.